This week, new chips are coming from Arizona, TikTok is coming for casual games, and Instagram is going back to normal. It is Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022, and this is episode 627 of F5 Live, refreshing technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, you're a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or a myriad of other options. There are live stream partners like Livestream.com, Twitch, or YouTube, where you can become a member and get exclusive content and ad-free episodes of F5 Live and Pilchpoint. Or on our website, PluckHitsLive.com, thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is, normally, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to F5Live.tv slash join us. There you can join us in the studio, uh, chat with us, give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about it. Uh, if you're not able to join us live, that is okay. PluckHitsLive.com slash subscribe, and you can see all of our shows and all of the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. Obviously, we're on the wrong night. Uh, this weekend has been a little wild. Uh, we finally got a Strike up and running, which is really exciting. We had our first tournament on Saturday, and it was absolutely exhausting. <laughs> and so, oh, this weekend was not going to happen for a show. So, we are here tonight. It's good to be here. Um, how have you been, Abram? How was your, your time off? Oh, pretty good. I went to upstate New York, a couple of places up there, visit relatives. Uh, got to go to Niagara Falls, uh, nice. which is which was cool. I haven't been there in a long, long time. And I got to go to Lake George, uh, which is a nice, uh, nice but touristy town. And um, yeah, it was it was pretty fun. Um, Got to do some some fun stuff with the kids. Go to a creepy wax museum. Get get <laughs> soaked. In, uh, get get soaked in in, uh, in water. You know, it was all right. It was pretty. Uh, it was pretty fun. Lots of got, uh, long. You got soaked at trip. Niagara in that outfit. Correct. Yes. Yes. I, I always got to represent Raspberry Pi and Tom's Hardware. So yes, this was my uh, this was my Niagara Falls uh, outfit. Uh, so it, it, it survived. Uh, they give you like, I don't know if you've ever been there, but they give you like a, depending on which thing you go on, they give you a poncho or something uh -huh. like a disposable poncho, but still it can, you know, the worst part is just you're walking and like the water can be like really up to your feet. So then your shoes get soaked and then yeah. Yeah, like you're walking around in it. And like, that's kind of, that's kind of annoying. I guess it's a good argument for wearing Crocs. Um, but I don't wear Crocs, but um, it would be a good argument for, it would be a good argument for wearing Crocs though. Also this weekend I showed my son back to the future and he, uh, he liked that. So he wanted to see back to the future too, which we saw. And, you know, it's amazing how many things that were in the 2015 of back to the future Two actually came true. Uh, how many predictions from that actually came true? I mean, obviously a lot of them did not, but uh, 
you know, if you're familiar with the film, like, yeah, there's, you know, people talking, uh, people doing video calls all the time. True. Like, uh, remote work, uh, watching all kinds of things on TV. Like there was, you know, there were quite a few, quite a few things on there that were kind of accurate to today, I guess. Um, anyway, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I had, had fun. Uh, didn't get spent a lot of time with, uh, technology while I was away. I, I mean, I had my phone, but I really tried sure. not to do any work. Uh, so yeah, that was, uh, that was my week. Uh, how about you? So I took the opportunity of a down week and decided to, uh, make a pilch point episode come to life. Uh, <laughs> I refreshed my surface book and I did it as a clean install of windows 11 oh, <laughs> using, using the nice. instructions from the pilch point uh, and working like a champ. It's actually working better than it has in years, which is really exciting. Uh, so I am, I am proof that the process works because I'm using it here tonight. It absolutely works and uh, it works well. So that was, that was a fun process. Uh, I'm like, all right, I'm going to refresh this thing because I'm using it for, for more right now since, since strike is open and I'm over there a couple days a week. Um, I'm doing a lot more work on the laptop. I'm like, all right, now's the time to do a refresh, but I'm going to do it with 11 and I'm going to see how oh, this goes. <laughs> there's going to be a, I'm going to be, I, I, I'm still going to be sticking with the uh, 10 on my next, on my next build. I'm actually going to be rebuilding my computer next, this weekend, a mm. uh, whole new build from build from scratch. Okay. Uh, and uh, the, the computer I have here now is probably going to go to uh, go to charity uh as we continue to do like uh at tom's hardware we are you know when we get spare parts that people um don't need we are building pcs to give to the including you charity that we work with that uh gives computers to kids who need them for education so uh, such a great idea so so we um you'll see actually tomorrow we have a video coming out of um you know it's not not too long of a video but we have a video coming out of us uh building me building a pc with daisy who's the uh the the young girl who started uh including you and nice. we are um she came to our office and we built piece had her help us build a pc which is going to go to one of their kids and one of the their clients mm -hmm. and uh you know as we're getting as you know we find parts in the lab or whatever even like old cpus old stuff whatever we'll do more pc builds so that more kids can have them um so for what it's worth that's really cool uh i recently built a couple of computers and we also did a video but that's for strike not nearly as uh <laughs> as uh outgoing as yours so it's it's really cool that you guys are 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 working with them i love that that's 
it's the type I mean, of thing that I think least... more of the more of the industry needs to uh, to to focus on. I mean, we don't really do enough, uh, or really, you know, as much as I wish that we would. You know, I mean, what we have done mostly is try to hook them up with. Uh, what we've done a lot is just try and hook them up with other people. So again, I encourage folks to go to includingyou.org uh, if that you have a uh, still working uh, laptop or, or desktop uh, or monitor, because uh, when we give people desktops, we need to give them monitors. Um, you know, we, uh, we will happily, uh, you can donate it and uh, they will find it a good home. They have given more than 700 uh, systems away to kids that need them. So. Wow. That's awesome. That, yeah, that's really cool. I love that. Unfortunately, we've got to, we've got to get into some news off of that. Uh, yes. Off of that nice topic. Now we got to get into some interesting yes. news. So let's get down to yes. it. This week's Nifty Gifties and F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, a new Xbox, games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. And remember that current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% off almost everything. To browse the products and learn more about the discounts, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. We have talked in the past about a company that until a couple of years ago was relatively unknown outside of the, uh, the industry. It's a TSMC, or the Taiwan Semiconductor Man- Manufacturing Company. Uh, this company is responsible for a ridiculous percentage of the microchips that are uh, produced on the planet. In fact... The last stat I heard said that of the non-Intel and AMD processors, like 98% are made by them, and including Intel and AMD, it's like 91%, which shows you just how few processors are actually in your computer and and, and instead how many are in your watch and the radio in your car and the lights that power the studio. Uh they are the, not single-handedly, but they have been a big part of uh, some of the struggles that we've had with car manufacturing, even Raspberry Pi, as Avram is wearing the shirt. There's been chip shortages, and when so much of the manufacturing comes from one place, one small issue can bottleneck. And that's kind of what's happened. Uh, and so this week, the company announced that they had finished construction. And we'll define that word in just a moment on a new uh, fabrication facility uh, in Arizona. Now, there was some conversation on our article on Twitter, and I want to clarify what the word construction means. And it is in the article. Um, Construction is the actual construction of the building. The building is physically complete. Uh, It is the first of three phases uh, as part of this process. The, The first phase is the construction of the building. The second is bringing in the livable, the habitable things, AC, plumbing, you know, those types of things. 
And then the third is the actual fabrication equipment. But they are several months ahead of schedule on this build, which is a really good thing. We need more manufacturing, uh, more fabrication facilities for chips. And uh, personally, Avram, I think this is this is a, a, a good thing in two different directions. One, we just generally need more fabrication facilities. And two, Taiwan's a little on the edge right now. And so having some manufacturing outside of the country is probably a good idea. Yeah, it is, except I'm not sure, you know, I guess I wonder if Taiwan gets, I mean, first of all, we should say that if Taiwan were invaded by China, by Taiwan, technically speaking, uh, the United States considers Taiwan part of China as the part of the one part China policy. But if uh, the People's Republic of China uh, were to invade Taiwan, it would uh, be a huge disaster and nothing would and it would be a massive disaster for the global economy beyond yeah. all the humanitarian issues and, and geopolitical issues. The world uh, would change so, overnight. There's there's talk that that they're set to self-destruct their facilities if that happens. Um, yeah, I mean, there was an interview with uh, the chairman of TSMC on CNN uh, uh, just today yesterday uh where he said uh no one can will be able to control tsmc by force now i don't know if if what that means you know right. i don't think he's got a um you know he hasn't said oh we're gonna blow up the factory or something right. but you know that would definitely be um i don't know <sighs> oh, it would be a I problem hope, oh i hope I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, For I mean, so obviously what has happened, what has happened in Ukraine in Ukraine has been absolutely horrible and we don't need another war like that. But true beyond, beyond that, like the, the effect on the global economy and the technology industry would be uh, like Richter scale. It would be really bad. So, yeah. um, and, and every, and, and for what it's worth, everybody would lose because uh, everybody would lose. China would lose too. Uh, every, everybody, everybody would lose. It would be, you know, for, for one thing, for example, not to get too off the track here, but TSMC and a lot of the other Taiwanese companies, they have factories in mainland China. They are a big part of, the, they're a big part of a People's Republic of China economy. Wow. So, you know, if those company and and those companies are manufacturing things that get sold in America, uh, I mean, obviously, it would be. I don't know how you would necessarily like. I don't know what it would necessarily mean for the West uh, in terms of like, could, would they just stop buying uh, chips that were products that were made in China over this? If they did, where would people get anything? Yeah, uh, I mean. It, it, but you know, it would be a lot of pain for a lot of uh, a lot of pain for a lot of people, for everybody, including for for China itself. So hopefully, uh, 
maintain the uh, the situation that has been going on for uh, for many years. And and by the way, for people who I've been to Taiwan all, a whole bunch of times, mm-hmm. not that that makes me any kind of expert because when I'm there, I'm not sitting there talking politics with people. But you know, the impression that I get is that people go back and forth from uh, Taiwan to Hong Kong to uh, you know to mainland China. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, free moving trade and free moving, uh, um, you know, travel. So, you know, I, I uh, anyway, I, I so I, I really, you know, the relationships between people seem to be like good. Um, right. Anyway, so. The, uh, I mean, obviously, it's great to increase capacity, uh, not only because uh, Taiwan and uh, mainland China are, you know, to some degree, question marks, but remember that it's run by a company that is a Taiwanese company. So, so if Taiwan were to fall off the map, what happens to the company? Is it be- does a company just not run out of Taiwan anymore? Right. Does it become a China, uh, a company that's not controlled by the China Chinese government? Like what, uh, you know, what, you know, it's, it's, so they're moving, so they're putting the factory in the West, but who controls the factory is an interesting, yep. um, True. it's an interesting question. Um, but it is good for everyone that they um, that they are creating different uh, different fabs because the need for chips keeps growing and growing. Yeah. Uh, shipping, even in the best, even in a time of uh, peace, uh, shipping I- issues are an issue. I mean, that's why some of the shortages happen. Yeah. And then, of course, you have things like virus outbreaks and natural disasters and things like that you really i mean redundancy right exactly um everybody i also think uh isn't the u.s actually we we've actually we're passing some some laws to actually incentivize more yeah uh more chip facilities in the u.s intel in ohio for example right so so yeah there needs to be more i mean we We say this about web servers we can't rely on one tiny island or tiny cluster of islands to be responsible for the core component that runs everything yeah yeah that's i mean that's that's it's it's a i mean i i don't even think you can i mean i don't think it's just taiwan I, i don't think you can rely on one country right to do sure. that so so it's good to you know it's good to spread um to spread this capability around i mean look if you run a web server you know that you need to have redundancy right so if you're running a serious website uh you have a data center data centers in different countries a data centers in different parts of a country and things like that and if one goes down another one there's you know failover so where you know there needs to be failover for this type of manufacturing capability is just too important true absolutely um so it's important to note that uh 
This is not an immediate solution. Like I said, this is phase one of three. Um, but fortunately, the company has had great timing on this. Uh, they are way ahead of schedule, which is important. Being So long as everything's being done safely, which I assume it is. Uh, it's it's wonderful that they're, they're this far ahead of schedule uh, and that we could... Um, we could see, cause you know, what, six months ago, the company said that they, that they thought that putting up a new fab would take five years. If they're already several months ahead of schedule, just on the construction, maybe they can pull that, pull that in a little bit. And hopefully that's what they're, what they're aiming for. So I think, I think that will be good for everybody too, if they're able to, uh, to put it together faster than they had hoped. I mean, what about the other thing to note, though, though, is five nanometer is in five years is not going to be that great. True, but maybe maybe not for for your system, for your computer, but for your car stereo. Yeah, I mean, for other things, yes. But if you want to, you know, be on the leading leading edge, we're going to be at, you know, three or two mm-hmm. i mean they're already working on three and two nanometer so yeah. five nanometer is five i think we're going to be seeing i think we're going to be seeing some five nanometer cpus this year yeah. so so you know well, five nanometer is if if their goal is not to produce chips in this facility for intel and or amd but instead for uh you know, Sony for their car stereos coming down from the the one thirties that they're currently running on, you know, or or Tesla for their infotainment systems, or you know, maybe maybe that's who they're who they're targeting is infotainment systems and stuff, because that's kind of who T TSCM is. You know. M T S M C. God, I always get those I swap those letters yeah, around TSMC. all the time. T S M C. Yeah. Uh you know that that's that's kind of been their focus has been a, being a foundry for those kind of weird chips. So yeah, I mean, it's uh, you need as much chip capacity as possible, so it's definitely a plus. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on this and see if they're able to pull any more time together and uh, what they're going to be producing there uh, as. As we find out, we'll let you know. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus... It's available for almost all of your devices, and you can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right, Avram, I believe you have a show and tell for us today. Yes, I do. So this is the laptop I'm reviewing right now. This is the... Uh, Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Carbon 10th Gen uh, laptop. So Gen 10 means it has been on the market now 
for 10 years or so. Wow. More. I don't think, I don't know if there was a, I think pretty much there's been a new one every year. Uh, and it looks quite, you know, on the outside, it looks quite similar to what you've seen before from ThinkPad X1 Carbon. But uh, for those folks who are not familiar, X1 Carbon is, has long been the, the productivity notebook of choice. Uh, I own one that's like the sixth gen one. Uh, the, the reason why these are so great is because they are super light and thin, but they give you a lot of flexibility, uh, good, great typing experience, uh, good screen, lots of ports and, uh, and usually pretty good battery and usually good battery life. So, uh, this one here, uh, is powered by a um, an Intel 12th gen uh, processor. You can get it with uh, up to a Core i7. Now remember, these are the new, uh, new I guess new-ish, new and mobile uh, Alder Lake 12th gen Alder Lake processors, which means that they have some of the cores are performance cores and some of the cores are efficiency cores and the efficiency cores run at a lower uh, clock speed to allow the performance cores to run at a higher one uh, and and to hopefully save some save some battery now it, Lenovo has made oops by having that in the picture I, I looked dark Lenovo has made a an interesting choice here with the new generation which is that they are using a higher wattage processor than they have used before. They are using a um, Intel P series processor, which can go up to 28 watts uh, TDP when they were normally using a U series that was a 15 watt processor. That means that these use more power and hope and promise more performance. Um, so one of the things that we are still testing here is what is the battery life really like on this? What we saw on the uh, X1 Yoga, which is the sibling of the X1 Carbon, the, it's the X1 Carbon, but uh, as a two-in-one, uh, what we saw on that is that the battery life was actually significantly less than last year's model because uh, probably because the, the CPU uses more power. Um, on this unit here, uh, we're going to retest the battery again to see if it gets, um, to see if we can get some more, um, you know, consistency from the test. But, you know, we were getting... Uh, like seven and a half to eight and a half hours battery life on this, which is not, which is okay. But, you know, prior years we've had ones that got, you know, 12 or 14 battery, 12 to 14 hours. So, um, so that's, uh, you know, that's what we have been seeing. But uh, aside from the question about the battery life, which is still, you know, all day battery life, um, this is a really uh, 
seems so far like a really excellent notebook in line with the ThinkPad tradition. Uh, for one, um, the keyboard is still fantastic keyboard, great travel, uh, great springy feel, um, has the track point, which uh, I love, not everybody does. And if you don't, there's still this really generously sized touchpad here. Um, the screen is actually a really good high point on this. The base screen, uh, which is what this has, is uh, 1920 by 1200. So uh, Lenovo has gone to 16 by 10 aspect ratio screens. So you're getting more vertical real estate, not easy to see uh, in the on camera, but you're getting more vertical real estate than you used to with 1920 by 1080. So you can fit a little more work on the screen without scrolling, which is a big deal. Um, you, uh, you can get the screen with, you can get a higher res option. You can get it with up to a 4K display and you can get it with a uh, 2.8K OLED screen if you wish. However, those things will probably give you lesser battery life. So definitely um, I would go with the base model screen, which is very bright. It measured over 400 nits on our on our tests, uh, which is which is great. It, it uh, measured 405 nits on our tests. Uh, and I was using it this afternoon and it's uh, got an anti-glare coating and sunlight was shining in through my window and uh, which is usually, a, you know, killer when you're trying to look at a laptop screen, but it was bright enough for me to see the content pretty well, which is good because if you've ever worked in an office where there's sun shining through the window, or you've perhaps tried to use your laptop outside, uh, having that brightness and, and anti-glare is really good. The color quality is excellent. Uh, this uh, managed over 100% of the sRGB color gamut. Uh, so that is that is really good. The um, the NVMe SSD in here, uh, really fantastic uh, transfer rate. Got up to uh, 1,461 megabyte per second transfer rate on our on our test, which is reading and writing at the same time. So it's better, you know, it's a tougher test than those. Uh, you know, things like Crystal Disk Mark that are the, um, theoretical performance and only measure read and write one at a time. Uh, so it, uh, you know, it even was able to uh, do some uh, lightweight gaming playing uh, Civilization VI at uh, about 40 frames per second. Uh, so so I think, um, so you're getting uh, really, you know, really solid, strong performance. Obviously this is made to a really high build quality standard. Um, it's go made to take some dings and drops. It's 0.6 inches thin, but still finds room for two USB type A ports. Uh, so it's got two USB, it's got one USB A here, Another USB-A on the other side with a full-size HDMI port, so you can plug right into an HDMI cable, and two Thunderbolt 4 ports, uh, which you can use for charging or docking uh, or anything like that. Um, and um, optionally, you can get uh, 
face facial recognition login or fingerprint login. Uh, and this weighs just 2.48 pounds. So extremely light, uh, lighter than, than some of the competitors like the XPS 13. Uh, you can get it now starting at, now on Lenovo starting at 1319. Um, I, would recommend configuring this with 16 gigs of RAM uh, and a, at least a 512 gigabyte SSD. Uh, it's available with 256, starting at 256 gigabyte SSD, which is too small, and eight gigabytes of RAM, which is too small. Uh, you can also get it with 32 gigs of RAM. Uh, and I, as I said, you can get it with up to a 4K display. Uh, and you can also get it with a uh, with a built-in 5G connectivity, if you wish. Wow, that's that's a lot of customization on that little guy. Yes, I mean, like a lot of Lenovo ThinkPads, you can actually custom configure it online. Mm -hmm. So if you go to Lenovo.com right now, you can choose those features. Um, choosing the, the my kind of dream config of this would be to get it with the Core i7 processor and 32 gigs of RAM, uh, which uh, because I really like having the having a lot of RAM. And by the way, this is really important to note: the RAM is not upgradable. So whatever you get is what you're going to have. So it's soldered to the motherboard. You can upgrade oh. the you, you probably can upgrade the SSD. I'm going to open it up and check but you're supposed to be able to upgrade the SSD. So you could theoretically save some cash, buy it with a 256 gig SSD and then upgrade it on your own because the, they charge a ridiculous amount to move up from 256 to 512. It's like 250 bucks to go from 256 to 512. Although with all the coupons Lenovo has, it's really more like 150 bucks now. Uh, so when I configured this with 512 and a 32- gigs of RAM and a Core i7, it was 1855, which is not not bad for a laptop of this stature. Of course, if you were to move up to a higher res screen or a um, or you were to add the the 5G or a bigger SSD, then then it would cost more. But yeah, I mean with with that configuration, that that price is not bad at all. Yeah. And and if you just get it with 16 gigs and a Core i5 and mm -hmm. 512, it's about $1,500. Okay. So, and a Core i5 is perfectly fine. I mean, I really, I don't, to be honest, I don't see the, I don't see the point of spending more to go from a Core i5 to a Core i7 um, on a laptop, especially an ultra portable laptop like this. You're not, in fact, I really don't see why uh, that, why necessarily Lenovo went to a higher wattage part. Uh, I mean, it's supposed to provide a little bit more performance, but ultimately when you're buying a laptop like this one, you good productivity performance does not really mean like super high process, super processing power. Like you want, what you want most is a good keyboard, a good screen, a, uh, a lightweight laptop and good battery life and and performance that doesn't get in the way of your of your working but you know you're probably not going to be editing 4k videos on a laptop like this you're probably not going to be gaming on a laptop like this 
if you're coding, you don't need a lot of processing power. If you're doing uh, web surfing and you know productivity work of various kinds, you don't need a lot of processing power. So, you know, so honestly, I wouldn't spend money to up to performance. I would spend money to have a fair amount of RAM because if you get a lot of tabs open, that's when you're going to be using a fair amount of RAM. Yeah, for sure. We we all know how uh, uh, memory hungry the uh, browsers can be these days. <laughs> yeah, no no question about it. I mean, like my I'm doing a new as I mentioned at the beginning of the show. I'm doing a new desktop build this weekend, and I I only was able to get 32 gigs of RAM for it, and I'm kind of sad. Like I want 64 because I don't know if I can. I mean. What I actually really want to do, I don't know if you've ever tried this. I think I'm going to try this like this week uh, is I'm going to log, try to set up a log to see how much RAM I use all day long. That's interesting. To figure out how how close I go to 32 or 16 because I feel like I need 64 gigs of RAM or something, but that might just be my 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 uneducated opinion. There's no question that nobody. I'm just going to say this, unless you're buying like a, unless you're on a really tight budget, nobody should have eight gigs of, should buy a new computer with eight gigs of RAM. Nobody should, uh, should buy a computer with eight gigs of RAM 2022. Like that, unless you're buying a Chromebook for your kid or something like it, it should be, you know, 16 or more, but, um, whether you need more than 16, whether you need more than 32 for just opening a ton of tabs and things like that, uh, I guess we'll see. That that sounds like a fun project. <laughs> I know. Yep, I'm I, I'm gonna start logging that. And find I out. know when I edit what my RAM goes up to, uh, but somehow web browsers take more RAM than video rendering, which yeah annoys me to no end. Uh, <laughs> anyway, obviously uh, this isn't up yet because you're going to be doing some yes. testing right yeah so next week i would expect by next week we'll have a full review up of the thinkpad x1 carbon on tomsartwork.com fantastic well i always love to see the updated version of this laptop in particular we've done this a couple of times now and yeah. I, yeah i always I, love to I, see the i review it i review it every year yeah <laughs> so that's how it is uh so we will uh, we'll have some final numbers on the site, but uh, for now, it's a very promising laptop, and I definitely recommend folks uh, check out the review when it comes out, and uh, consider. And this is definitely one to consider getting. Very cool. Well, as always, Avram, I appreciate it. I love seeing this laptop every year, and I can't wait to see the final. And of course, I look forward to what we talk about next. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by EXA. EXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. They've got headphones with ENC tech, the latest in Bluetooth 5.0, 7.1 surround, plus extra features like dual mics, ultra low latency, 
and a whole lot more. They've got headsets for Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Plus, and most importantly, they won't break the bank. Learn more about the headsets that are available and the current promotions that are going on by going to f5live.tv slash exa. I want to say real quick, I'm really looking forward to it. I've used their their headsets previously, but I've got some coming very soon. And I'm very excited to, uh, to have one in my possession. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, let's instead tonight, let's talk about... And this is going to sound weird. Let's talk about TikTok in our gaming segment. Uh, And that's because TikTok is the latest social media company to see the potential of social gaming. Um, They've announced that they're working on an HTML5-based add-on to TikTok. You'll be able to play the games uh, essentially in-camera. Uh, you'll be able to discover them through videos on the platform, um, and they will be exactly what you think. They will be little mini games uh, that get played within within the interface of TikTok. Um, I don't know on this one. I'm usually pretty uh, open to the idea of companies getting into gaming and seeing potential in it. I don't know on this one, uh, partially because the, I, it's WarioWare, it's, it's mini games, which haven't been the, uh, the, the biggest part of the industry, but, uh, but I don't know. There's also all of the TikTok stuff, right? That, that causes all kinds of problems. I don't know. What do you think on this, Abram? Um, why not? I mean, <laughs> what I want to know, though, is who can develop for it? Is it only stuff that TikTok itself releases, or can anybody nope. release a game? So, there were... Great question. They're starting with partners, um, and they will be expanding the capability to... They're, from what we understand, they are working on a... Um, on an SDK so that they'll be able to um, uh, allow other people to get in on the, on the action. Uh, but right now it looks like they are, they are specifically dealing with uh, partners. Yeah. So, I mean, HTML five, I mean, I appreciate that they're using, using a very open standard like that should make it fairly easy for easier for folks to develop for it. Um, I mean, look, I don't totally get TikTok, but I know a lot of people who really love it. Mm-hmm. Um, watch it all the time. So it seems that they're doing something, whatever, what QB couldn't do. Right. Because they've managed to get people to watch short videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 legitimately would be or or Vine, right? They, yeah, they they succeeded where Vine kind of didn't. Now, granted, they they rose out of the ashes of Musically, which was its own special uh, oddity, which I also didn't quite understand. Um, 
but and so so in the chat right now, uh, we've got we've got Tech Tweaker says sounds like they never want people to leave the platform. I've gotten slightly better with it, but TikTok destroyed a lot of my time before. Yeah, and obviously that's exactly what all social media platforms are looking for. They're looking to uh, to to pull you in and keep you there because uh, that gives them more access to. Uh, information about the things that you like and therefore they can monetize you better things like that um, so so yeah absolutely 100% that is that is what they're up to there um, but they've they've got an interesting like there, there's a line drawn maybe in sand maybe something a little firmer than sand about the people who do and do not use it um Facebook, when Facebook got into gaming, they were hoping to attract some new people into the platform. But I don't think that's possible with TikTok. I think people have either decided that they will or will not use it. I I don't think there's any middle ground on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of in the will not use it uh, mm-hmm. camp. But... Um... I, I feel bad enough for all the social media I do use. So, like, uh, yeah, ha- adding more to the to the pile is bad. But I'll I'll tell you, I've uh, I've recently gone the other direction for myself. I don't have the core apps on my devices anymore. I've got my like page management stuff, but the actual core apps are gone. Yeah, I mean, I don't use I don't use the apps on mobile because if I did, that would be admitting I have a problem. So, <laughs> you know, fair enough. You know, fair it's enough. sort of like it's sort of like people who are like, yeah, I mean, I spend way too much time looking at Facebook and Twitter that I really don't need to, and it's like, you know, it's sort of like someone who's a, who's a who's a chain smoker, but they only buy one pack at a time because they don't want to admit that, like even though it would probably be to their advantage to just get like the, you know, get the family pack or whatever uh-huh. the, uh, you know, they just go and they buy one pack at a time because they don't the want to. family pack. Did you just call it the yes. family pack? <laughs> yes. Well, you know, the family, I, mean, I don't know if they still sell those family packs. Not necessarily, you know, I know it's not for families, but you know, oh. would they, you would sell the things where they give you the, yeah. like, you know, a million, uh, Costco size of whatever sure. uh, enough in a box to cause lung cancer all by itself. But, any, right. but just, just by putting you know, it in the car with you. Right. Right. Exactly. But I don't smoke, but you know, get, but you know, the, I feel like, uh, you know, social media can be a bad addiction and like, yeah. you know, it, installing the, in, the apps and doing like more to cultivate it is, is like admitting more of a problem rather than, oh sure. yeah, okay, I'll just go in my web browser to Twitter and see what's going on. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's how I feel about it. But um, yeah, I, I don't uh, I don't need another another addiction. I need to get off of the ones that I have. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I get that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but anyway, from a perspective of TikTok, it seems like a good idea for them. I don't think it hurts uh, the users any. 
uh, and yeah. uh, the they want to be there, and uh, right. it could be really interesting from development perspective because you don't. I, I feel like you don't see a lot of places actually doing HTML5 promoting HTML5 as a gaming, yeah, as sure. a gaming platform. True. I mean, normally you're seeing like you know mobile apps that are done with you know various suites or whatever, but uh, doing like actual like web-based. I mean, these will these run on the TikTok website, or you need to use the TikTok app? I a fair question. I would imagine since they're HTML five, that they would probably run in the browser, but maybe not. I don't know. It's a fascinating question, but, though. But it seems like the era of web games has kind of gone, right? Like, I mean, not that there ever really was an era of web games, but you know, people would go to things like high, very addicting games or whatever and they play silly little like in the browser window games and uh bejeweled. i don't see people doing that much anymore early bejeweled was yeah. web-based yeah there was all the yeah. yahoo games those were all web-based right you don't see people I, I don't know i mean i'm not up on what people are doing everyone's doing but i don't see people talking about that anymore it's like yeah. there's mobile games on your phone and then there's console and there's PC, uh, but there, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people playing like web browser-based games. So, um, I mean, maybe that's because there's so many. You could even stream real games through your web browser if you have a streaming service like GeForce Now. So there are other ways to do it. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's interesting that they're trying to kind of bring some life to HTML gaming. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it makes the me other, kind of curious about like, the other possibility yeah. is that the entire application is built on HTML and this was just the easiest way to get there. Yeah. Good possibility. It, just like, just like the uh, Twitter mobile app is a PWA. TikTok might be as well. Yep. So just so. inject HTML for a game into the existing app, move on, everything's fine. So <laughs> it'll definitely be interesting yeah. to see. I don't like you said, I don't think it's I don't think it's harmful to the people who do like the platform, and I don't think it's going to do anything to draw new people to it. Because again, it's mini games, it's WarioWare, I, it's Mario Party, right? It's it's not like they're they're trying to compete with Call of Duty or something. Right, uh, but you know, when it comes to to mini games, there's some interesting stuff that's been done. So it's possible somebody might do something interesting over here. Um, no telling, but I don't think it's going to draw anybody new, anybody who was on the fence. Because I don't think there's anybody who's on the fence about TikTok. People are either a hundred percent in or a hundred percent out, <laughs> and I don't think mobile games are going to change it. But you know, maybe it'll keep keep a, a percentage of people, you know, 10% of people from spending more time over on Instagram or probably not Facebook. Um, it's mostly Gen Z, right? So probably not over on Facebook, but yeah, keep some of their attention away from Instagram or something like that. So I don't know. We will see. Oh, 
This week's news from the tubes and F5 Live is probably powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop, and it blocks threats like worms, rogues, dialers, exploits, bots, and a whole lot more. It allows you to use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price right now, you can go to f5live.tv slash malwarebytes. Speaking of Instagram, <laughs> as we were in the last segment, uh, at least at the end, um, Meta has been doing some interesting things over there. Some of you may have had the, let's call it a privilege, I wouldn't say that. I would say the uh, disadvantage of being part of the test group uh, for the new interface that the company has been testing. Seems like a small percentage uh, of people, unfortunately, including myself, were included in that test group where Instagram decided that they liked TikTok so much that they were going to replicate their interface. The problem is people who use Instagram do so because they don't want to be using TikTok. And so uh, the response was swift and harsh. Uh, uh, during MetroCon, Erin uh, Hurst and I had a lot of conversations. She had already received the new interface and uh, had stopped using Instagram entirely for browsing, just for posting at that point, because uh, she hated it so much. Then a couple days later, I got it and Instagram uh, got ignored by me as well. Uh, so Meta has decided to halt the rollout of this terrible new interface that everybody hates. Hooray! Ish. So two things. One is this is likely not a permanent solution. The likelihood is that they're going to tweak it and try again, um, or at the very least wait until the, uh, firestorm has has subsided some and see what happens uh, on a second attempted rollout because they're very excited about this. So I don't suspect that this is dead forever. But one of the things that came along with this horrible new interface was a new policy of showing you a ton of content that you did not ask for. Um, constantly, uh, I would see... Uh, posts from people that I don't follow. It's like, hey, we suggest this because, well, I don't know. And you look at it and you're like, I don't understand why you're suggesting this to me. Go away. Well, the bad news is that's going to be sticking around. And in fact, over the next year, going to be getting worse. Mark Zuckerberg has confirmed that by 2023, at some point in 2023, he wants 30% of the content in your feed to be from people you don't follow. 30% Avram. That's almost a third of the content in your feed will be <laughs> suggested other stuff. I get the idea Isn't this of the... doing some curation. Some. Some. But 30%? That's crazy. Mm, wow. That's a good way to just to, to, to sling more advertising at you. Advertising's on top of this, though. This is yeah, other creators I mean, that they want to that they want to promote themselves to you for whatever reason. 
I think they think it's going to keep uh, the whatever reason more. is the whatever reason could be very interesting, right? Right. I mean, also, also the whatever reason could be to make you angry. Could uh, be. I mean, you know that. I mean, there haven't there been I think a number of uh, some research or memos that have come out that facebook True. deliberately exposes you to things that they think will make you angry uh so yes. that you because they find that that generates more interaction than things that you like so rather True. than showing you your your friends vacation photos or their kids or their dog or things that are just oh that's nice it's sweet they want to show you issue a political rant that you disagree with so you'll be angry so you uh so you won't uh so you'll stay engaged so uh you know that's not advertising but True. you know it is another way of making sure they keep you engaged like what if all your friends are really boring i guess you know boring in a nice way right they don't right. they don't do anything to upset anyone. um to me that's algorithmic insanity I, for me, the more of this that I see, it's the reason why the apps are gone. I mentioned it in the last right. segment. It's the reason why the apps are gone. I gave up on the platforms because of this. And Meta, I right. want you to hear so, that. I, I have stopped using Instagram because of how much other stuff I see. Right. I I would really like to see an open source or, you know, an open source social network that, which gave the user full control over their feed oh, that'd be wonderful. where you could say, like, for example, why can't you just get an everything feed? Like everyone that I'm friends with every time they post without favor or without like prejudice or favor, like just chronologically give me everything that they that they post well twitter has given you that ability back temporal timeline on uh on twitter is back you have to go into your settings to change it but you can go from from algorithmic uh timeline to uh uh, temporal timeline as of a couple of weeks ago i think it's it's brand new that that one's back but facebook got rid of it they they relegated it to a second-class citizen, and then they put it under like an ellipsis menu, and now it's gone entirely. You can't even get back to that anymore. Right? And Instagram never gave you the the rollback option. <laughs> they just went, "Oh, it's that gone would back. be the that would be the quote unquote fair thing, uh-huh. right? Like you you asked for this information, we're giving you all the information, we're not picking." which which things are important right you decide what's important if and you if can, you don't think that something is important you can hide it you can you sure. can unfriend that person and you can i i would i would accept what what instagram did for a while which was a temporal timeline of things you hadn't seen yet i'm on board with that if i've already read it it can go below the fold okay i'm good with that that actually makes using the app easier. And then, you know, you get to it and it says you're all caught up. And then it goes back to the, essentially, to the stuff that you had seen. I'm good with that if we want to do something. But this whole, well, we think you should see 
this post first. Why? Don't worry about it. I am worried about it. <laughs> Why did you show me that one? And then we suggest this account to you. Why? Don't worry about it. Mm, I'm never a fan of don't worry about it. <laughs> I, yep. I don't know. I don't think this is going to work much. for them, personally. I don't think this is going to work for them. I think 30% is too much curation. I can see, you know, if you want to show me every dozen posts, you want to show me, we think you'll like this creator because they post photos of dogs, whatever. But a third of your feed, that's bonkers. That's not curation. Yeah. That's force feeding. Well, at a certain point, people are going to get annoyed, and uh, just as quickly as uh, I mean, there's nothing technologically wonderful about any of these social networks. True. So if people get annoyed, they will leave. Absolutely. Uh, uh, we can we can ask uh, uh, News Corp for an example of that with MySpace. Right. It it you don't need. You don't need, there's nothing inherently keeping people at any of these. So what's keeping people there are other people. And once other people start to leave, you, you'll leave too. So yeah, it, it it's, uh, or something more appealing comes along. Like a couple of years ago, nobody was talking about TikTok. Now it's a big thing. Right. You know, so I don't know if TikTok will be around and, you know, will be around and popular in another two years. Who knows? Exactly. Uh, because, so, you know, we were just talking about TikTok, and I mentioned Vine. Remember when you can't couldn't scroll through your Twitter feed without a Vine video? And then they went, eh, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It happens all the time. So, yeah. I, MySpace gave way to Facebook, and Facebook started to give way to Instagram, which is why they bought them. <laughs> And then Snapchat seemed to come and go. There's a great example. Snapchat came and went. Whoever. Yep. When, I mean, yeah, we mentioned it in our opening, but that's only because I refuse to have a corporate TikTok account because I don't want them tracking anything that I'm doing because they scare me more than any of the others. But, I mean, when was the last time somebody said follow us on Snapchat? Other than us? I don't know. <laughs> might be time yeah. for us to pull that out of the opening uh yeah I, so i yeah. a couple years ago doing doing a show like ces or collision companies were putting snapchat accounts in their signup forms this year for ces i didn't get a single one it's still on the form nobody put it in yep so they come and go it they come and go and you know, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Instagram and Facebook could could very well uh, go down. Now, themselves. Granted, people who, yep. Granted, I'm sure Zuckerberg will still be a billionaire, but you know, the there's those things are not necessarily forever. That's true. That is true. This week's DRM Not Included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. You know you get free shipping on millions of products, but that's not all. You also get free music with Amazon Prime Music. 
free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games, and a free Twitch subscription to support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming, and a whole lot more. We've got links to all these features and more, plus a 30-day free trial and the ability to give a subscription as a gift, all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. Stranger Things Season 4 has uh, come and gone at this point, and with any new season of a big series like Stranger Things will always come interviews with the creators, the writers, the producers, uh, and one of those recent interviews caused a stir. Um, that's because the Duffer brothers, who are responsible for the series, mentioned George Lucas, but not in a he's a huge inspiration kind of a way. They mentioned him as a verb. For those who don't know, using George Lucas's name as a verb tends to mean that you have gone back and made changes to a work that people love and has been on the market for quite a while. Um, in this case, they said that they were going to George Lucas parts of Stranger Things. And in fact, it was in response to another interview in which they had said that they had already done it. Uh, in particular, they made reference to a scene in season four of Stranger Things that took place on what should have been Will Byers' birthday, and nobody even acknowledged it. Uh, so they made a reference to George Lucasing um, the original scene in which they mentioned when his birthday was to change the month. Now, intrepid fans have gone and uh, rewatched the scene seemingly daily because I have been staying on top of this story to make sure nothing has changed. And nothing has changed. Uh, that scene has not been changed. What did happen, however, is the Stranger Things writer's Twitter account tweeted and said, We have never and will never make changes to published episodes. <laughs> so, what in the world is going on here? <laughs> did they give the Duffer Brothers some sort of like a, uh, a toy phone and told them that... that uh, yeah, you can call... Here's your Sesame Street phone. You can call Elmo with this. And just let them be in a back room. What? What is this? Let's, let's not call Elmo. He seems to live here. Um, You're afraid that saying his voice I'm... might summon him? Yes. Uh, the thing now my daughter loves to say is that she needs things, which are mm -hmm. things I would consider more wants than needs. So the other, so like the other day, she's like, "I need to watch Elmo." I was like, "You need to watch Elmo." <laughs> See, and okay, that brings you... us back to the addictions topic from earlier. Yes, yes, <laughs> but then, then again, today she said, "I need." She was like turning around in circles, and she's like, "I need to be dizzy." I was like, "Who needs to be dizzy?" Um, anyway, so uh, so. The uh, but were oh so <laughs> anyway uh, I think the I think I think the I think I think that they're just messing with the whoever interviewed them that's what I think, <laughs> I think. okay 
that's fair. Uh, both interviews were conducted by Vanity Fair. So, I, I can see them messing with, messing with the same publication twice. I, curved, I think they're just messing with them. It caused quite a stir, though. <laughs> Look, they success. True. Uh, I mean, for one thing, you don't like that would be really fascinating for them to go change something without touting it. Because remember, when George Lucas changes things, he makes a big deal out of it. Yeah, he does. I mean, usually, I, I don't know. It's a little hard to keep track because there's been like, there was the special edition, the original special editions of uh -huh. Star Wars. And then I think they made some changes for uh, Disney Plus or a certain Blu-ray release or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, so the, the Blu-ray release of the special edition had additional changes. <laughs> right. So like I, I have to look this up how many different times... Uh, Han has shot first versus not shot first or or things there is of, a, of that There nature. is a link to the Wikipedia article on this topic in the article. Ah, okay. So <laughs> one has to one has to look this up because I, I definitely don't have a you know knowledge of it. I, I when I showed my son Star Wars, uh, you know, all the Star Wars movies Recently, I tried to explain to him like the additions and deletions or whatever. And to be honest, some of them I can't, I don't remember. You know, oh, was did the Death Star so blowing up always look that way? Oh, I think it looked different. So, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's been so many. Who, who knows? I guess the question that we're really asking is like, can you revise art? Right. Uh, is it okay to revise art? And then who, who owns the art? After it's made, and I say whoever has the NFT is who owns the art after it's made. Um, so Thank you. they get to decide. They get to say whether or not they want it to be changed, even though they have no control over it since they don't really own it. But the um, so if the Duffer Brothers had actually done this, they would have made a big deal and said this was a special edition or something yeah. like that. Um, I don't think unless, all special editions are bad. Unless, so so the other example of this is when an older TV show that was never expected, that was made in a time where longevity wasn't planned, right? Licensed a song and has lost the license to that song and has had to change it in a show. Really? Um, when has that happened? The first episode of season two of uh, Sports Night, for example. <laughs> that show was made in a time when the idea of streaming mm, did not exist. The idea of longevity did not matter. It might go into syndication at some point, but, but we'll worry about that when we get there. Their license on the song that they used in the, the the first episode of the second season, apparently the license expired and they changed the song for streaming. And it's real weird for somebody who's watched the series many, many times to have hit that the first time gone, this is the wrong song. What is happening here? It's so weird how people... What's weird in all of this is that people consider streaming to be like broadcasting versus... Uh, release on on uh on home media yeah. right so like 
I mean, I guess it's also because it's physically impossible, but like if you came out with a Blu-ray or a DVD set of those episodes, mm-hmm. the no one can go into someone's house who bought the DVDs and be like, I'm sorry, but you can't listen to the song anymore. <laughs> um, True. Right? True. I'm going to sit here and hum a different song while you're trying to watch this episode. <laughs> um, but... But oh, yet that's they like will the, do that. It's like the a... FCC censorship episode of Family Guy. That's all I can think of now. People coming in and going, nope, right. you can't look at that. So, I mean, you know, that kind of stuff, it's unfortunate. But um, that, I mean, what we've learned in the digital age is that people consider things that are online to never be finished mm-hmm. or to never be fixed, right? Amazon can take your book away that you bought because somehow they lost the license to have you watch that, listen to that book that you paid for. Um, It it kind of calls attention to, you know, the need to still own physical, to still own physical copies or at least Mm -hmm. offline copies of things that you, you got because uh, they can always be, be taken away. Uh, Now, uh, I guess I just don't care enough. Uh, I find uh, I find uh, streaming to be very convenient, and not own not paying to own stuff. Uh, you know, it's fine. is you know paying to own stuff is waste. Uh, but the but yeah, I mean that's this is exactly the kind of thing the kind of thing that can happen. History can be erased, but. If they are erasing history for artistic reasons, uh, like trying to fix a plot hole, mm-hmm. then or, or fix a special effect or something like that, you can be sure that it somehow it would be publicized. It would not be like a secret change, because also then I think like Netflix is implicated, right? Like. Netflix has to go in there and, and re-upload the episode, or I, you know, I have no idea how they do it, but whatever. They have to go in there and republish it. And while the re- users might not notice, I'm sure that the Duffer Brothers themselves cannot unilaterally upload an episode sure. to Netflix. They probably have to be like, "Here, Netflix, here's our new content. Like, put it up and." I don't know if Netflix would go for that. Like, and if they did go for that, they probably would say, "Oh, look, it's a special edition, and we changed right. it or something." So, eh, I, I don't. Uh, I think they're just messing with people. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think it's, I think it's funny how well it worked, because I think we all know that the Stranger Things uh, fandom is uh, rabid, and so, <laughs> I mean, within. Within a very short period of time of the article being published, talking about the season four episode and going back and and changing the early episode where they mentioned his birthday, uh, they like they went to so much trouble in this interview as to say what they had changed it to because her mouth, uh, Winona Ryder's mouth movements would have matched uh, the month. I think they changed it to May from whatever. And they said her mouth movements uh, matched well enough that we could that we could dub it in. I'm thinking, and then so people went and they they went back to the scene. Well, it's not published, 
if you made the change, maybe you did so in a black hole or an alternate universe because it doesn't exist here, which I love. I think they're messing. My, I, which is where my theory of uh, of the, the Sesame Street phone came from. I guarantee that they're messing with people. I guarantee that they're messing with people. They're goofy. I can see it. But it does it does really bring up, like you said, it brings up an interesting topic about you know streaming and and when is a work finished? Should you make changes after something is published? And so there we are. It, <clears throat> fun topic, and and I I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed it. And luckily, because this is a weird night for us, that is the end of the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you to those of you who joined us live. We had a lot of activity in the chat room tonight, uh, which we always appreciate. If you'd like to join us, normally, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us. Uh, or, of course, if you follow us on YouTube or uh, Twitch, you'll get a notification, especially on YouTube. If you hit the little bell, you get a notification when we plan to go live, just in case things change. Uh, so go go check that out. If you can't join us live, uh, that is always okay. You can go to plughitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, all of the ways that you can watch, listen, and follow along. Um, I think that does it. On behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we'll see you back next time. Ciao.